Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Friday, October 6th. On this date in 1979, Pope John Paul II, on a week-long U.S. tour, became the first pontiff to visit the White House. Then-President Jimmy Carter received him. On this date in 2010, a new social networking app made its debut. That app? Instagram. And here's your Friday morning trivia. On this date, way back in 1927, the era of talking pictures arrived with the opening of an Al Jolson movie. Can you name that famous historic motion picture? I'll tell you in just a couple of minutes. But first, let's check in at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center to see what your Friday and your weekend are looking like. Good morning, everyone. Meteorologist Chris Holtzman here. We are tracking comfortable temperatures this morning. We warm into the upper 70s to low 80s for the afternoon. We will notice more cloud cover as well. Generally, mostly cloudy. It will be mainly dry with temperatures along the coast near 80, low 80s inland with a disturbance offshore. A couple of isolated showers will be possible. But once again, we're expecting most of us to stay dry. For tonight, temperatures, we are back in the 60s to near 70 degrees. And then a strong cold front will usher in the coolest air of the season. In fact, we're talking about lows in the 40s and 50s for Saturday night and Sunday night and high temperatures by the end of the weekend into early next week. We'll see highs in the low to mid 70s. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. Carlson County School District is facing a new legal battle after Superintendent Dr. Eric Gallion filed a lawsuit alleging that policies and the school board are keeping him from doing his job. It comes nearly two weeks after he was placed on administrative leave by the board pending an investigation. Our Emily Johnson brings us more on the lawsuit and those allegations against the district. The superintendent claims that the district tried to take away his authority multiple times in the lawsuit states several instances when Gallion says that they did just that. Gallion claims he has tried to hire two new employees, promote a third, and reorganize another position since he was hired in June. He says all these attempts were blocked by five school board members the suit describes as Moms for Liberty-backed board members. Gallion claims in a suit an email sent to him from an employee saying that they felt disrespected is what led to his eventual leave. Gallion says the school board was copied in on that email, and when he set up a meeting with the employee, that employee never showed up. Gallion is calling on a judge to give him full authority over district and board personnel and that the board is only allowed to set policy. In the newsroom, Emily Johnson, Live 5 News. And in the wake of that lawsuit and public concerns, the Charleston County House delegation is hosting a meeting to discuss the actions of the school board. In a press release, the delegation says the meeting is to discuss and receive testimony regarding recent personnel actions by the Board of Trustees and issues surrounding compliance with applicable state law. The meeting will be held at 1130 a.m. at North Charleston City Hall, third floor council chambers on Monday. I want to reassure the uh, the parents that we are doing all that we possibly can to make certain that uh, the school board is is overseeing a good operation of the uh, public schools. And to find out how you can address the delegation, you can visit our website, live5news.com. Some Charleston County parents are frustrated with school bus drop-off and pickup times and 
want the district to take more accountability. Whether it's to pick up or drop off, some parents say buses have been around an hour late, sometimes even more. Now, some of these parents have turned to teaming up with other parents and grandparents in their neighborhoods to carpool and take their kids to school when they just cannot wait any longer. Now, these parents tell us it's so frustrating and inconvenient, but it's also concerning because their students may be missing time in the classroom. Now, pl- parents claim that when they try to report the issue, the district gives them the runaround. They then have to stay there normally on a 15 minutes pickup difference. But now that has become an hour and uh, getting worse. And so what happens is if you're trying to go someplace, you can't because you have to wait and see the fact that whether or not they're going to get picked up. Now, in a response, District Executive Director of Student Transportation, James Lynch, says at this time, 93% of our routes have assigned drivers. The remaining open routes are covered through double runs. First, student advertises and recruits daily to fill driver vacancies. Starting pay for bus drivers is $21.75 an hour with paid training, retention incentives, and benefits. We're hopeful that driver staffing will improve in the near future. Weapons detectors in every public school. Could that become a reality in our state? Well, that's what Representative Wendell Gilliard is asking for in a newly introduced bill. Gilliard has been advocating for weapon scanning tactics in schools since 2018. Now he's renewing his fight following a handful of incidents at Low Country schools. This year, Dorchester District 2 implemented traditional metal detectors at all of its high schools and extracurriculars as a preventative safety measure. Gilliard says it's important to have something in place, and anything that could deter violence is worth the price. You can read the full bill and learn more about AI weapons detection technology on our website. Changes are coming to Marion Square in downtown Charleston in an effort to protect the foundations of a historical fort underground. The field officers of the 4th Brigade are mapping out the area. They descend from colonial-era soldiers and own Marion Square. The $200,000 project includes bronze markers on the outline of the old fort, along with signage and augmented reality, allowing you to walk through the fort virtually. During the Revolutionary War, the fort guarded the city's entrance and was demolished shortly after. Officials want to protect the remains from above-ground damage while adding historical context. The bronze markers will be installed in December, with the signs and augmented reality portions coming next year. A new public square and mixed-use development is making its way to Charleston's Peninsula. Yesterday, developers presented plans to city leaders and community members for Courier Square Phase 3 on Upper King Street. Those plans include an open space and several mixed-use buildings, ranging from 1 to 12 stories, which would require a zoning and height district change for the site. Those buildings will include a mix of retail, restaurant, residential, hospitality, and office space. Before those plans are finalized, they'll have to go to the Planning Commission and eventually City Council. The city of Goose Creek is holding a town hall to address some emissions from the Century Aluminum's Mount Holly plant. Recently, members of the Devon Forest community have noticed a gritty substance on their properties from the plant. And it's causing some concerns over whether the substance was safe to breathe or even touch. 
Mayor Gregory Habib will moderate the discussion, which will include questions from attendees. The state Department of Health and Environmental Control is also sending experts in air quality and public health to answer any questions that the public might have about that problem. We have been told it is a non-hazardous substance in the past. Be sure to tune into Live 5 News on Monday for live coverage of that town hall. Now to the campaign trail. Republican presidential candidate Senator Tim Scott is visiting the Palmetto State today. The South Carolina senator will be hosting a campaign event in Bluffton. He's coming off a visit with the mayor of Dallas, Texas, and an event in Iowa as he tries to keep up the pace in what has been a contentious GOP campaign season. Today's event begins at noon at Corner Perk Brunch Cafe on May River Road. Dorchester County is sending a $26,000 invoice to former President Trump's campaign. This comes after his rally last Monday at Sportsman Bodes. The county says Trump has unpaid debts. Just over $25,000 of the bill is for personnel costs like public safety, including law enforcement and emergency medical services. The remaining $900 was for food and incidentals of the personnel assigned to the event. The county is asking that the costs be reimbursed by the campaign by November 4th. The College of Charleston says Vice President Kamala Harris will be making a visit to campus next week. The VP will be stopping at the college as part of her Fight for Our Freedoms college tour. Harris says the tour will focus on key issues that disproportionately impact young people across America, like reproductive freedom and gun safety. Students will have the opportunity to ask the vice president questions as well. The event will be held in the Satilli Theater on October 11th. It begins at 1 p.m. Progressive scholar Cornell West is dropping his bid for the 2024 Green Party presidential nomination, instead running as an independent. In a video posted to social media, West promised to, quote, break the grip of the duopoly and give power to the people. He didn't explain his break from the Green Party, a move that will likely hamstring his efforts to get on the ballot next year. The former Harvard professor announced his candidacy in June with the Progressive People's Party before switching to the Green Party. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis continued on the campaign trail, delivering some of the sharpest criticism of former President Donald Trump to date. What started as a campaign event to promote support from Florida sheriffs ended with DeSantis blasting Trump. The governor took the stage in Tampa, blaming the former president for his own defeat in 2020 and suggesting he lacks the energy to lead the country once again, taking shots at Trump's age and stamina. Not that a campaign's the same as actually doing the job, but we need a president that's got energy. We need a president that's going to be full throttle for eight years. We don't need any more, we don't need any, any more presidents that have lost the zip on their fastball. I think we need to get the country back to where, you know, political controversy is not dominating our lives, not dominating our society. These remarks come as DeSantis shifts to a more aggressive approach. Once an ally of Trump, DeSantis appears to be going full throttle to make up for his large polling deficit. If you have not registered to vote, time is running out before November's elections. South Carolina's in-person registration deadline is today. The online registration deadline is tomorrow. To register to vote in person, you'll need something with your name and address on it. For online registration, you'll need a South Carolina driver's license. There are no statewide positions on this fall's ballot, but a number of different city council and mayoral seats are up for grabs. As a reminder, Election Day is November 7th.
Top leaders at the State House are learning about the challenges facing South Carolina's military bases and what they can do to help. Yesterday's annual military commander's brief in downtown Columbia brought together the leaders of the state's military installations, plus Fort Gordon just across the river in Georgia. The military community is one of the state's economic drivers. Officials say it has a $34 billion economic impact. Governor Henry McMaster says some of the concerns brought up yesterday are also broader worries on the minds of South Carolinians as a whole. Affordable housing near the base and also education uh, near the base and also child care. So those are things that we need to bear down on. A new legislative committee will examine child care specifically in the coming months. Bills to expedite the process for military members to get driver's licenses and to make it easier for spouses to transfer their professional licenses to South Carolina from other states are also being discussed. Multiple generations coming together. From World War II, the Korean War, and the Vietnam War, veterans who served on the USS Yorktown will gather for a reunion at Patriots Point Naval and Maritime Museum. Founded in 1948 by World War II veterans, members of the USS CV-10 Association meet annually to celebrate the history of the battleship and reunite with old friends. To recognize their contributions and to honor their service, Governor Henry McMaster named October 1st through 7th USS York Town Veterans Week. Even though it's a weekend of remembrance and bonding for the veterans, officials say no one should let the opportunity go to waste. You know, as the years pass, you know, we did lose a hundred of them this last year. We have fewer and fewer World War II vets. You know, our opportunities to really speak to these people in person um, is something that is finite and we want to take advantage of it because they're just such incredible heroes. A meet and greet with visitors and local families will be held tomorrow from 10 a.m. to noon. The event is included with your admission ticket into Patriots Point. At the top of the show, on this date 96 years ago, the era of talking pictures began with the release of a historic motion picture. That film was The Jazz Singer, starring Al Jolson. Celebrating birthdays this Friday, broadcaster and writer Melvin Bragg is 84. Actress Britt Eklund is 81. Actress Elizabeth Shue is 60, and actor Jeremy Sisto from Law & Order is 49. Thank you again for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. Hope you have a great weekend. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you Monday. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.